Welcome to Nate's Take on Real Estate. I'm Nate Cody, a realtor with Park Place Homes in Midland, Michigan. And I've noticed people love to talk about real estate. The good, the bad, and especially the ugly. So, why not podcast about it? Between bouts negotiating for clients like you, I interview noteworthy, knowledgeable guests about all kinds of topics in the world of real estate. From the practical, what do you do when a house fails an inspection? To the weird, you bought the house because it has a ghost? This is the second episode I've recorded with today's guest, Dexter Brigham, and I couldn't be more pleased. Dexter is still the managing director of Center Stage Theater at the Midland Center for the Arts, and he continues to be an accomplished producer, director, and actor with more than 300 stage credits to his name. Today, Dexter joins me to tell his trouble in the closing story at which he hinted in our first episode. What can I say? Dexter and I hit the ground running and eventually get around to talking about the podcast, clients, ghosts, Aztec revival theaters, Victorian houses, axe killer toddlers, and a few strange topics. So please, join Dexter Brigham and me on today's episode of Nate Takes on Real Estate. Hello, Dexter. Hello, Nate. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Dexter and I are enjoying a little bit of Jim Bean because uh, I don't have any beer on me. But uh, no complaints here. We're we're nothing like some Jim Beam out of coffee mugs. That's right. right. That, well, we that's classic. We're you know? classy. We're kind of classy guys. Classic, yeah. not classy. I didn't didn't claim to be classy. <laughs> you can, but uh, I think they're basically the same, right? You're a classic. I'm a You're classic. A classic, Nate. Classic something. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for coming back and talking to me. You're welcome. You know, you asked about the podcast. I I think it's been going pretty well. I get a lot of good positive feedback, you know, (laughs) so. Not a lot of people heckling being like, you suck. Well, no, a little bit of that, but no, none of that. But usually very supportive well wishers you're a naturally charismatic guy so i think this is a a good fit for you the 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 one thing thank you the the one thing is though is things pop up that i just wasn't counting on so i talked to the levies and of course they've got the ghost and i thought i'll do that ghost pearl and uh, talked about their house ghost i've had probably seven people approach me or that me talking about that that have ghost stories. Mm-hmm. I've got Sarah Harrington. I've got a, a ghost I think you, uh, I think story you recorded. Spin-off. Get your spinoff podcast. Maybe now. that's haunted, maybe haunted that's houses. haunted houses. Yeah. A spinoff. You know, I've got Sarah New York. Sarah Constable. Constable is going to record with me. She's got a ghost story of Pearl. I've got a gal here, there, and. It's crazy. Oh, wow. And so I never had any idea that there were so many people wrapped up into ghosts. You know, in real estate, I was literally at a showing, and uh, I'm sitting there, and these people are walking around, looking around. It's two adults and a older teenage girl. And the two adults are looking to buy a house for the girl and her mother. They were like aunts and uncles. And they're like, oh, look at this beautiful, you know, master bedroom and the kitchen's great stuff. And that girl comes up to me and she goes, and this is a true story. She goes, has anyone died here? (laughs) And I said, yeah, you know, I don't know. And she goes, someone's died here. (laughs) 
And one of her aunts came and said, oh, no. And apparently this girl is just sensitive, right, and feels these things. This is a true story. She's like, you know, the aunt's like, now this is a beautiful house. And she goes, I'm not living here. <laughs> And this was a house that, you know, it, it sold and uh, to other people. But these people were taking this girl all around town, showing her houses. And she was just like, no, someone's died here. I'm not. The energy's bad. Isn't that amazing? Well, I guess for me that the uh, uh, my counter argument to that would be what's wrong with living in a house that someone's died in, right? Well, I mean, if we tore down, if every house right, that someone right. died in yeah. um, was torn down because it was that because the fact that someone's died there made it inherently uninhabitable, right. we would be in trouble. But we I would, would say, if and somebody, a very wasteful society, right? If someone has lived, if someone has lived a, a life well lived in yeah. a house and they've loved that house and yeah. they passed away in that house, I mean that that house is sanctified in some way, isn't it? But the idea is that this girl would tell you, yeah, and that person's gone, like. Right, someone, <laughs> someone right, someone's here and is not happy. Like, That's what someone she's feeling. Died here, and there was an axe involved. And there was an axe involved. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, she was, she was, so it was a negative thing. I, I literally said, is it positive or negative? Because I was going for a good spin. Like her name is Penelope. She's three years old. She likes to play with dolls. And she's right over there. She's right over there. <laughs> Well, I'll have her sign the guest book then. But. <laughs> so it's really funny. So I'm going to put those Sarahs together and do a bonus episode on the, the Levy's Pearl and stuff like that and, oh, and get some other, other stuff. So uh, there's the ghost people and then there's people that really like environmental stuff I do. I do, you know, invasive plants and I've done this conservation. I was going to say like, what, like radon testing? Or uh, no, I haven't done. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, like Andrea Foster, who works with Little Forks Conservancy. She did a show with me talking about exotic plants and how they can hurt your property values, stuff like that. So the environmental people like that in ways you can serve and make your yard more enjoyable and mother nature friendly and everything like that. I don't have a whole lot of real estate people. <laughs> You know, I've got these little disparate things, so I've got to kind of bring them. Well, I think bring them I mean, together. It's not. It's, I don't think it's a real. Uh, it's not really a stretch to get pretty much anybody. Everybody has to live somewhere, right? So you can always get somebody to talk about their home because we spend a lot of time there. That's absolutely right, and that's kind of one of the uh, assumptions of the show. Is I, I'll talk about anything interesting that's just you know barely related to real estate and that's everything real estate adjacent everything is real <laughs> estate that's adjacent. good real estate adjacent <laughs> yeah so dexter i'm having you back here in our first uh podcast episode we had a wonderful conversation and at the end when we had like a minute left you said oh yeah then there's that disaster at the closing <laughs> and i was like oh man i don't know if i vetted this enough because we've got to talk about that now let's take a moment to hear a word from our sponsor. <laughs> it's me. I'm our sponsor. Hey, I'm a realtor. Either you or someone you know and care for is considering buying or selling a house. I want to be your real estate guy. On your behalf, I will work diligently to get it done and as smoothly and with as little stress as possible. Give me, Nate Cody, a call at Park Place Homes at 989-698-1100, extension 140, or better yet, call or text me at 
1-800-600-4214. And together, we'll get you moving. Now, back to the interview. So I think that the story we're talking about is when we uh, we bought our second home, the house we own here in Midland. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, it's was, it was the house we own in uh, in Princeton. My wife and I. So we own a house here in Midland, and then we also own we still own our first home right uh, down in Princeton, Illinois. It's a the it, old Victorian. Yeah, it's yeah. an old Victorian like four bedroom. It was built in 1888. Um, it's got a big kind of kind of cupola tower on it, big yeah. wraparound porch. It's just a it's a beautiful cedar shakes. It's a wonderful house. We yeah. we love it a lot, and we bought it in 2006 and. Uh, we were first-time home buyers. We had been married about three years at the time. Of course, we'd never bought a house. We had a, a real estate agent that we really that we really liked and mm-hmm. that we really trusted, and mm-hmm. kind of going through the process. Or she was kind of kind of holding our hand as, as we went through the mm-hmm. process. My wife was on tour at the time. She was on the on, on the Broadway national tour of of Men of La Mancha. So she was you know off in Alaska or something during closing. So I had to get her power of attorney to yeah. sign for her. And going to your first closing is always an incredibly daunting experience. Very intimidating. Right, yeah. yeah. You get hand cramped within the first five minutes. And, and you had to sign full names for two people. For two people, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and of course, I'm sitting there. And I, I sit down and, uh, you know, and there's a whole... There's a whole room full of people, you know, because we had, you know, my real estate agent, we had the the seller's real estate agent, we had the folks from the title company. I mean, there's a lot, three or four people in the room besides yeah. me, and and they started walking me through it. And I mean, they're very nice people. They're doing the thing that they do probably three times a day, five days a week, and so they're not. I mean, they're not intending to be condescending. No, <laughs> but you know, here they the most top. people try not to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is I, even I was a complete newbie as my kids say, uh, yeah. at the table. Uh, so they, they gave me the settlement document and they kind of walked me through the settlement document and kind of walked through the math. And I'm like, hold on, the, that math's not right. They're like, no, no, it's absolutely right. I know, no, no I, I think if it's this, you know, because what had happened was our sellers had come down to a level and we had come up, but they, there ended up being about a thousand dollar gap um, between the prices and right. our real estate agent had agreed to kind of bridge that gap in order to make the deal happen oh, okay. out of, out of her fee. Oh. And so we were, so we're talking. That's a very generous, very generous thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. I imagine the, the real estate market in, in Princeton at the time was pretty tight. Well, She's like, oh, I'm going to make this work, but that's still better than no deal at all. Yep. Absolutely. So so it came together, and so she walked through the document. And I'm like, "No, I this is this is five hundred dollars off." And uh, and then everybody got well and truly condescending. So all these like lawyers and yeah. real estate folks started explaining to me, "Well, why, what you got here? Yeah, here is. let me walk you through it again." And you know, and I just you know, I, I and I just didn't it's allow two my, columns. I know it's confusing, exactly. but yeah up this side and you sub yeah yeah yeah, yeah yep yep and i just but i kept asking questions and i kept i kind of kept at it and didn't, yeah. you know i kept no what you're telling me is one thing but what's on the paper is another thing and you're the only one who sees it yeah and I, I i was the only person in the room who was really able to be an advocate for myself yeah and uh and eventually my real estate agent said he's right were you feeling it like son of a gun well i was just I'm not a mathematician. I am a creative person, yeah, but, like, but I can I can add. Like I can add. <laughs> I like. I, yeah, I was starting to get frustrated. But yeah. on the flip side, I was also. I mean, I was questioning myself. I'm like, okay, I feel like I should understand this. But on the flip side, it was my first time going through it. So I mean, and I there's there's two hundred pieces of paper right there. You know, <laughs> you yeah, know and it's yeah. Like, and also it's like four to one, and all the and these four know what the heck they're talking yeah. about. And then she says, "He's right." Mm. And then she walks you through it and you realize that we'd ended up about $500 off. And so we ended up having to cancel 
the closing for that day. Yeah. And then, and she called me up that afternoon. This is, and this is where I, I, I will always go. So when she said, no, he's right. Did that completely shut it down? Or did you have three or four other people going, no, 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 no. Well, once I had an advocate in the room, yeah. once somebody else had acknowledged, I think then, yeah, maybe they had to admit it. They yeah. couldn't, they couldn't just railroad it. They couldn't railroad they, me through. They couldn't just roll you. Um, or then she was able to explain it to them in a way that made them understand you know, right. what my argument was. Uh, and so we kind of stopped the closing, kind of scheduled to come back to it at a later date. And she called me up later that day and said, this is my fault. You know, this yeah. is, ultimate, you know, this is a, this is a piece of, this is a mistake that I made on my end. And she ended up eating that part of her commission hmm. to, to make it right. So she yeah. ended up, she was being generous on top of that, but then she also, I mean, it was, so for me, I know that for her, she probably got considerably less of a commission out of it than perhaps she was anticipating, but she also won my my loyalty and right. i will recommend her to anyone who's buying real estate down in princeton illinois and that is worth a lot more to her you know and real estate agents are kind of like plumbers and contractors yeah. right reputation counts yeah. oh yeah for everything yeah absolutely <laughs> so you just gotta suck it up and admit it yeah so you had to you had to cancel and that's a fraud situation there because that's like, it's this whole thing. Is the deal going to fall apart? Is the whole deal going to fall apart? You know, I had no idea coming into this profession that there's so many deals that just go kablooey. It's, it doesn't happen all the time. It hadn't happened to me yet. But it's almost like everyone has a certain level of, okay, I can take this much. How, how often? Just a question. You yeah. know, I've been in situations where I've had to put in earnest money. Yeah. How often do people, are people forced to forfeit their earnest money? Is that a common occurrence? You don't see it very often where it doesn't go back. I had a case where I and my clients were buying a house in Bay City. It was a $65,000 house. In Bay City, you could get a nice little two or three bedroom, older, 19 probably 30s or 40s you know a lot of them over there they have a shower and a toilet in the basement for when you came in from working you just go right downstairs strip off your clothes and shower it's kind of neat now to see that anyway we bought this house and it turned out we had the inspection right and in the inspection we found out that they had removed a load-bearing wall just removed it to have a bigger living room right and that's you can't do that that's that's, that's called gravity yeah. right and so what they did is they took one by board up above the ceiling and they tried to hang the ceiling from the roof with this you know one by board and so now the ceiling was falling in and the roof was falling in oh my god and I didn't catch it, but the inspection caught it. We said, well, is this going to be a, you know, a fix? Because we agreed to buy this house, $65,000. And they said, well, it's probably a minimum $65,000 job to fix. Because, you know, a roof's not designed no, no, see, I mean, to suspend. Once you take out a load-bearing wall, the house, it, is, <laughs> it, is, it becomes much more like a house of cards. That's exactly. And things, things that aren't supposed to move for decades that, start to move. That's right. As a person who owns a house that was built in 1888, I know how walls can move. Yeah. Well, there you go. Every single one of the door, everything, every single door frame in my house is, you know, somewhat, you know, uh, yeah. trapezoidal. Yeah. And uh, it was it was just amazing. And so, you know, this whole thing took a lot of time. And then the dates got a little funny. And in the end, the people that were selling said, well, you know, you guys missed this date. 
And we had missed that day because they hadn't responded. So we had gone out of this inspection period. And so they're like, well, so you've agreed to buy the house. And I first thought I've just cost my <laughs> buyer $65,000. <laughs> well, it turns out that we, in good faith, we were communicating the whole time. We had been talking and everything like that. Try to find a judge who's going to make someone buy a house they don't want. Yeah, you, you said you would, so you're on the hook for a major life event. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's... yeah. And, and so no judge is going to do that, and you'll end up paying a lot of money to lawyers to find no judge that's going to do that. So we went back and forth about that, and finally they said, all right, and we're, we're both going to just sign the thing and back out of this deal. And, and then they wrote that they got the uh, earnest money deposit, which was you know, a thousand bucks. And in my people, you know, if you have people who are buying a $65,000 house, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money for all of us. That's, that's a huge chunk of their down payment. And they fought it for maybe two days of back and forth. And finally, I just, I sent them a list of every conversation we'd ever had, text, email, blah, blah, blah. And I over communicate <laughs> and it's all there and times and dates and everything like that. And finally they just said to the title company, okay, return there. And we got it back. Fought for it. Good for you, man. But you have to fight for it. Yeah. You know, in any negotiation, if something's left on the table, the other people will. Yep. So, okay. So I don't think it happens very often. It's really a tool to say, we're serious about this deal. We're going to scratch up this much cash mm -hmm. and we're going to risk it or whatever. So you guys, how long did you have between the two closings then was uh, just it, it was just a couple of days you know i think it, it was really it was really resolved later that day i think we came back within the next day or two and finished yeah. the closing yeah and we were very happy with the house we still have it yeah that's got to be a great halloween house oh it's a great halloween house it's also more than just a halloween house it's also a bit of a nightmare because <laughs> we don't live in illinois anymore <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know yeah and the real estate market i think it's the real estate market in princeton is just very it's very slow it's a small yeah. town seven thousand people and People who are moving to Princeton want to either buy newer homes or they'll build their own because they tend to be they tend to be folks who are uh, coming out of Chicago, either they're retirees or they're yeah. commuted in Chicago. It's only a couple hours outside of Chicago, um, and so the market it really isn't there for these beautiful old Victorians that are two blocks off of Main Street, which is nuts because because in some places, I mean, there are whole there are whole towns and cities in New Jersey that have been revitalized by people coming in. And, and, and I think it's only a matter of time until this happens. Yeah. To print, before, before people That's what you're realizing. hoping for. I mean, because I yeah. mean, ultimately, I mean, so we bought ours for, uh, I think it was 87.5, you know, and it's like a 2,100 square foot house, oh, yeah. with, you know, three or four bedrooms, depending on how you splice it. It yeah. had been used as apartments since the thirties. We were the first single family home. Yeah. We were the first single family to live in the home since the thirties. It's a great, I mean, it's a great old house. Oh yeah. You know, hard, you know, beautiful oak floors uh, that we refinished and big wraparound porch. And then this beautiful muraled ceiling kind of uh, the ceiling in the front room is painted to look like kind of like a Trump like domed ceiling. Was, I don't know what Trump means, but it sounds fancy. Yeah. It's French for trick of the eye. Um, well, that's no, it's, no it's better you, for me. When you paint a flat surface to look like there's something on it, to oh. look like it's dimensional. Like some, like, oh, okay. you see like, yeah. if you look up Trump you'll see like a, you'll have like a, like a bench that is painted to look like there's a scarf lying on it, right? Yeah. So it's a, it's called trick of the eye, where you look at a flat surface. Like, I don't know, oh, trick it, of the eye. You said that quickly. I thought you were saying it's French for another French word, trick, no. of, the, trick of the eye. A trick of the eye, yeah. <laughs> so you look at the ceiling, yeah. and it's painted to look as if it is domed, right. even though it is just a flat ceiling. 
Yeah. There's a lot of places in Saginaw that have seen better days. They just have huge, I mean, I think most of them are beyond, but just big, beautiful, gothic, almost these houses. Yeah. No, I haven't, I have not been into really many homes in, in Bay City at all. Yeah. Um, or down know. Saginaw, you know, down oh, yeah. Saginaw. I mean, I, I've driven down some streets in Saginaw where it's like, oh, dear God, the, the size and scope of these homes Amazing. is just just incredible. There's some really great architecture. I, I'm a little bit of an architecture buff. Yeah. Um, just after uh, a few years living on the road, just going into all these old, um, all these old renovated theaters, all, the, like the, all these old Victorian theaters from the kind of from the pre the pre film days, uh, the old vaudeville houses that were kind of turned into film houses and then yeah. you know some somewhere in the 70s or 80s somebody in the community raised a couple million bucks and they turned it back into a roadhouse and yeah. so now I had these Broadway tours coming through and I go in and just look at these beautiful places I love them I had no idea of such a thing but we saw a 1920s or 30s Aztec revival have you ever heard of Aztec revival theaters in uh, Saltville yeah. Virginia which is a, a big civil war story you know the confederacy it's where they got all their salt and they had all these salt factories and stuff like that and they had this old old theater that was an aztec revival theater and it was literally when americans were learning about the aztec culture and that very distinctive art it became a fad it be, it was a fad for a while yeah yeah the the coronado theater in uh, in rockford illinois is I've heard it referred to as Mexican Baroque, right. but I imagine that it's very much influenced by the same, yeah, uh, by the same kind of yeah. era. And there was there were two people working in, and so we went in because you could just go in, and they do like bluegrass festivals in it, stuff like that. And there are two people working there that were students at the local junior college, and they got involved with and started a fund raising event to restore this theater and saw it through. All this money and just just a gorgeous theater. And now, you know, this guy and this gal, these these friends, they're he's the I don't know what the the president of the theater. I don't know. She was, you know, the similar thing, and it was just an amazing story. Well, thank you so much. I think we got some good stories out of the second episode of Dexter Brigham. I'll tell you what, next time we come back, I will tell you the story of on my grandmother's side. I have a family called the Bryants, and uh, the Bryants were a, f- a family of brothers who actually founded Princeton. And so, each one of the brothers, there were four brethren, bro- oh, wow. uh, four Bryant brothers. Yeah, um, three of them came out and settled in Princeton, and the fourth one stayed back in New York and became a very famous poet. His name is William Cullen Bryant. Yeah, Bryant Park, where New York Public Library is, there's a big statue of William Cullen Bryant. But his three brothers, yeah. Um, they all settled in uh, in Princeton, and they all built these big old homes. You know, yeah. At one point, they owned just thousands and thousands of acres. They right. bought up, you know, it was all dirt cheap land then. But when I was in high school, one of the houses was turned into apartments. Another one is a single family home. And then another one had completely fallen into disrepair. Right. I remember being with my dad and going out there on like a Sunday morning or something and just walking around the house and like you walk into the house and then, you know, the ceiling was oh, caved yeah. in and it was just raining into the living room and yeah. like, I mean, it was just rotted and the windows were busted out. Look, yeah. like, look it was a party spot for high school kids. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I mean, we were walking in there being like, wow, boy, but this place is it's so beautiful. And just a big old three story brick farmhouse yeah. right out, out in the middle of nowhere. And this couple they moved to town from they were i think they're like shirt tail relations of mine right they're right. way out you know they're, they're from i believe 
North Carolina. Yeah. But they came out and they bought this house about maybe 10 years ago and started to restore it. Did they really? And over the course of the last 10 years, they have restored this. And I remember going over to their place. Uh, and I, saw, I have some really great stories about just what they did to bring this place back to life. And it's just, it's just remarkable. You are the master of realty cliffhangers. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dexter. Thanks for having me, Nate. Thanks so much for joining us today. When you need a realtor, give me a call at 989-600-4214. Together, we'll get it done with both professionalism and a little bit of humor. Let me know if you have a topic you'd like me to cover on this podcast by dropping me a line, or even better, stop by and see me at Park Place Homes at 1007 East Wackerly, right here in Midland, Michigan. And for all you Facebookers, you can find me by searching for Nate Cody at Park Place Homes. Don't forget the A in Cody. It stands for, uh, what a good realtor. Keep your eye on the market and I'll see you out there.